Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is April 6th of 2023. And, well, generally today there's only two Masses and most celebrated. You have the Holy Thursday Mass, the evening Mass of the Lord's Supper, and sometimes in many dioceses, this is also when they celebrate the Chrism Mass. We'll take our Gospel reading today from the Gospel for the evening Mass of the Lord's Supper. That Gospel comes to us from John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 1 through 15. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow. So that I has, as I have done for you, you should also do. Tonight, as we begin the Easter Triduum, we're reminded that salvation history finds its culmination in what we will celebrate over the next three days. All the laws of the Old Testament, and in a particular way those regarding the sacrifices and the Passover lamb, and all of the prophets looked forward and pointed to these events. And thousands of years before they took place, the holy men and women of the world looked forward to that moment when God would bring forth salvation. That moment had been sought after and long desired ever since the fall, when our first parents heard the evil one being told, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. They will strike at your head, while you strike at their heel." It was a promise that God made as soon as we fell. Evil might have seemed to have the upper hand, but there would come a time when its power would be broken. The gospel we just heard sets the stage for what we're about to celebrate. John tells us that Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The reason for all of this, for his horrible sufferings and death, is Christ's love for us, a love that knows no limits, 
a love until the end, until the last drop of his blood is shed. Jesus, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he, was, he had come from God and was returning to God, washed his disciples' feet. Here we see more of the mystery. Jesus, who is all-knowing, all-powerful, and perfect, comes to earth to do his Father's will. He comes to suffer and to die for us, precisely in order to show us his love. Now, there's two particular ways that Jesus shows his love for us on this night. He leaves us both the Eucharist and the priesthood. Both of these continue his saving presence among us. First, Jesus shows us his love by leaving us the Eucharist. The Eucharist provides us with the food we need for our journey and is the very body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ, brought down to earth, hidden under the appearances of bread and wine, in order to be with us and to help us in our needs. Christ promises his disciples, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. And the Eucharist is how he keeps that promise. As St. Teresa of Calcutta said, in an ever-changing world, the Holy Eucharist is a constant reminder of God's unchanging love for us. In an ever-changing world, the Holy Eucharist is a constant reminder of God's unchanging love for us. We could add, in an ever-changing world, a world fraught with problems, with sadness, with challenges and disappointments, the Eucharist reminds us that Christ loves us to the end, to lay down his life for us, and he would do it again and again if he could. That is the love we find in the Eucharist. The second great gift of Christ's love given tonight is the priesthood. The priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus, as St. John Vianney would say. We might think that those who lived in Christ's times were luckier than we are, because they had Jesus to forgive their sins, to heal their ills, to bless them, and to walk among them. Yet Christ gives us priests to forgive our sins, to anoint our illnesses, bless children, marriages, and to give us all that we need. Christ continues his presence among us through his priests, and that is a great sign of his love. As we begin this solemn Easter Triduum, we can ask ourselves about how we see the events that will take place. Do we see everything like spectators watching a sporting event? Or do we realize that what's taking place is none other than Christ dying for me, to pay for my sins, to show his love for me? We must allow ourselves to enter into the celebrations and thus to experience them as something personal, something for me. Let's ask for this grace through the intercession of Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows.